Oddball Sports is produced by KKKP the DJ. Welcome to another episode of the Oddball Sports Podcast. All thoughts and opinions of all hosts are the thoughts and opinions of said hosts and do not reflect the thoughts and opinions of the other hosts or the podcast as a whole. Enjoy the episode you're about to listen to. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Oddball Sports. I'm one of your hosts, Nana Mark Hansen, and we have a full list of topics here for you today. I'm joined on this episode by Diane Ade. The fuck would you spew the Oracle? Serum Kate. And David Kofite. Um, the first topic of the day today has to do with our recently sacked Oli Ghana Solskjaer. Listeners of this podcast would know Oli is one of my favorite managers in the world and he did not deserve to get sacked. He was so sick. <laughs> interesting, interesting. How do you like your listeners like this? Ow. Oh, David, David, David. No, no, shame on you. You don't remember Oli in a long way he continued. Sleep, 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 sleep. Rest, rest. R-E-S-T. So as I was saying, Oli Ganesolcha has been sacked as Manchester United manager after a string of embarrassing defeats Um, that was brought to an end after he lost 4-1 to Watford at Vicarage Road on Saturday, November the 20th. United has confirmed Solskjaer's assistant Michael Carrick will be placed in temporary charge with the club revealing their intention to appoint an interim manager until the end of the season. According to sources, Pochettino, Mauricio Pochettino, the current Paris Saint-Germain manager, is the first choice as Solskjaer's permanent replacement and then Ajax's Eric Ten Hag is understood to be United's second choice. Um, Solskjaer signed a new three-year deal in July, but um, leaves after overseeing five defeats in their last seven Premier League matches, a run which leaves them 12 points behind league leaders Chelsea. Who would you guys like to see replace Ole Gunnar Solskjaer both on an interim basis and then on a permanent basis? Dave, since you are the United fan, I will start with you. Sorry. <laughs> um, interesting intro you have there. What I can say is that uh, United, I I just feel will eventually make a poor appointment when it comes to making the decision for a new manager. Um, if you if you if you read um, United's statement on Ole sacking, it didn't it didn't look like there's a direction. It lo- it looks like everything was rushing. All right, Ole should have been sacked long ago. The board kept him, and then sacked him at the wrong time he should have not been united like united's manager by now but they kept him and so at this point that he has been sacked and he doesn't it doesn't look like we are getting a new manager soon and i mean if i if i say a new manager i'm talking about a top-notch coach to take over zidane is is a serial winner and i don't see him coming to united to to rebuild certain things from from scratch Zidane is almost like Pep. They want everything to be rich and then they will come and take up the job. That's what they like. We have a problem from the top all the way to whoever is at the club, helping the club run its daily activities. And we need to really restructure and know that United, we are winners. And every season, 
we need to be at the top of our game competing with the other teams that we can match boots for boots so the reason i'm saying there's no plan is that i don't see how you would tell us that you 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 you, you put michael Carrick in as um, a caretaker and then now you come and look for an interim manager before a proper manager comes in what what sort of life is that Charlie, Nana, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of this club, actually. I'm tired. I believe 21st November 2021, 10 a.m. to be precise, is one of the best days in the lives of any Manchester United fan right now. However, we, or should I say, they are very much afraid and worried with the decisions that will be made from this day to whatever time that they settle on their final coach. Uh, the expectation, the initial expectation was that Oli will be sacked during the international break and whoever comes in as interim or whoever will be in for that period would have at least two weeks to try and create some form of a structure with Manchester United. Now, uh, the board has shown time and time again a history or a track record of making poor decisions and not putting the decisions of the club ahead of theirs. Uh, one of the main reasons why Joe Glazer and the Glazer family agreed to second getting rid of um, Solskjaer is because they realized that at this point, very, very soon, top four may be out of their hands. And you know, top four being out of their hands means that they're going to lose out big time financially. Now, although we are happy that Oli has left, I'm very worried that the right decisions would not be made because at the moment, the decision is to bring in an interim coach for the period to the end of the season. Zidane is definitely not coming in as sources from one of the uh, main writers of ESPN France says that, which is a credible source, says that he's interested with the French national team job. So... He wouldn't, be, he wouldn't be willing to come and sit in for interim and then go. Number two, Eric Ten Hag is United's first choice, actually. First choice, long-term replacement, not Pochettino, to correct you. Anyways, what United needs to do right now is getting Ralph Ragnick as the interim coach after the season is over, add him to their, either make him the sporting director or add him to the sporting director role because he's played the sporting director role for RB Salzburg. Salzburg and RB Leipzig for a period for a certain period of time. Then try and get in Eric Ten Hag as a long-term coach. This would be the best way to redevelop the team. Simple. Yeah. So this only second. We all saw it coming, but I think last week we discussed that a lot of us said that we wouldn't think it would happen so soon or it wouldn't happen this season. But um, this loss against Watford was atrocious. Yeah, I agree with you guys. Say that Zidane isn't. An interim manager, you can't just appoint him as an interim manager, it doesn't, doesn't make sense. Um, he's a contact manager where you want to see him as a long term manager, he'll, he'll progress the team and develop the team and take the team as, as his own. But I like it with Zidane, I think he would be a great manager for Man U if they'll ever consider, which it doesn't seem like they're considering for the long run. Um, that's my answer to that question. He's authoritarian, I believe. He seems like he has a big um sideline and um dressing room presence which man you need with all their personalities and their players so i think zidane for me but um you know it's up to the glazers abby my thoughts on this situation 
obviously, like, looking from a purely football aspect, only deserved the sack months ago. But as an opponent, as an opposing fan, um, it was nice to see him, like, take United fans off their high horse that they've had for such a long time. And, like, United, for the last, what, five or six years have been brought back down to earth to know that teams go through, like, ups and downs. It's not always your team competing for titles. Um, yeah, so, like, from a purely football league's perspective, Oli should have gone probably... Like, Oli should have gone long ago, but his United DNA, quote-unquote, kept him in a job for a very long time. Um, he had his former teammates always backing him, like Gary Neville and the rest of them. So, like, it's been a long time coming, and I guess when you lose five out of seven matches in the league, like, you're just shooting yourself in the foot, especially with embarrassing performances against Liverpool, against Watford, as we saw on the 20th of November, and then as well as, um, like, a training match against Man City. Like, that's all it was. Yes, you beat a poor Tottenham side in the midst of that run, but like it couldn't continue, and Oli could no longer sufficiently sit behind the wheel because he was driving the team bus nowhere fast. Let's move on from football and quickly touch on basketball as another coach has been fired. The coach who in question who has been fired is the King, Sacramento Kings coach Luke Walton. He, he was fired by the coach on Sunday, November 21st and um, he, they've named Alvin Gentry, the former New Orleans Pelicans coach, as the new interim head coach. Walton posted a 31-34 and 34 record in each of his first two seasons but was unable to take a step forward this year and was fired after losing seven of the last eight games with the Kings. The general manager of the Sacramento Kings, Monty, Monty McNair, released a statement saying, After a thorough evaluation of this season this far, I decided to make a t- change at the head coaching position. I want to thank Luke for his efforts and contribution to our team. Gentry brings more than 35 years of experience to the Sacramento bench, and prior to the Kings, he most recently served as a head coach for the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, looking at the Western Conference, Sacramento currently sit, sit 12th in the conference. That could change by the time you're listening to this, with a record of 6-11 and 11 at the time of Luke Walton's firing. So, Sarah, I'll start with you here. What do you think of the Sacramento Kings firing Luke Walton? And do you see him getting another opportunity at a head coaching job or do you think you'll have to go and build his reputation back up as an assistant okay well i don't think he should probably go back as an assistant to build his reputation i think it will be tougher for him to get an nba job right now uh looking at how unexpected teams are coming up and some top teams are going down so most likely very difficult for him to get um an nba position but i think it also be hard to drop down to an assistant coach and I think if it's best for him, uh, he he will probably get a job as a as a college basketball coach, possibly or something like that, to help build his reputation before coming back to the NBA. And I mean, it was kind of expected that Sacramento Kings would eventually fire him because I mean, Luke Walton, even at the Lakers with a young squad, 
during the Lakers run, they don't have a very good um, run. And looking at Sacramento Kings with an equally young squad, with some solid players among them, like the Aaron Fox and Harrison Barnes and all those other guys, we, I mean, we're expecting more from them, especially this season where teams like Chicago and Washington are doing their best. We expect that Kings would also, you know, be able to do something like that and then push the, like, run, have a, not even run, but then have a, like being the player of contention or be doing better than that. But I mean, Luke Walton has not sh- shown to be very impressive as a coach since his Laker tenure. So I think Kings made the right decision to let him go. And signing or getting Alvin Gentry was also a very good decision because he's an older coach with a bit more experience. And um, I think he can bring some discipline to the team. And um, try and improve the team and boost up the young squad to perform better than they are doing now. So I'm actually looking forward to what Alvin can do with the, the cancer star that they have now. What you said about Luke as when he was the Lakers coach, like he wasn't very good. Yes, we had a young rost- roster, but at the same time, there were some very high moments and then like also some very poor moments. And we've seen that be the story of his... Um, tenure with the Sacramento Kings. Sacramento, uh, they do have a decent roster with the likes of Buddy Heald, um, De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, um, Tristan Thompson, Mo Harkless, but I, I don't see, um, Davion Mitchell. I don't, but I just don't see it as a playoff roster, like a playoff roster. Um, my guy yeah, Harrison. If he's got to be sacked, he's got to be sacked. You know, typical early situation. Right now, the way sports has become, you know, as a coach, once you're in charge of a club, you're in there for a particular reason. You're seen as the man or the woman to get the team forward. And if you're not performing, you need to go, you know. Now, if I'm comparing it to a football situation, I see the Sacramento Kings as kind of like a Norwich situation where you know they're not really top much like that but they have they have all the reasons to get angry and suck their coach uh i just i just pray that he gets a good maybe maybe he can restart you know like sarah was saying it would be hard for him to be an assistant coach i would say but maybe that's what he needs for his career because as a coach or as a human being you always have to you know take a good look at your situation at every point in time and make the right choices to develop so if 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 for him going to be an assistant coach somewhere would help him grow, then that would be good for him. Let's take a look at the hottest team in the NBA right now, the Golden State Warriors, led by their leader, Stephen Curry, which if you are in the oddball public group, you've seen some arguments going on about him from one of the guys <clears throat> saying he's not a scorer, he's just a shooter. One of the daftest arguments I've heard. What but, even is that huh? uh, I, I, I don't know. How does that even make sense? You're, you're not a scorer by a shooter. So if you shoot and enters, what are you? <laughs> Please, I need it's, that. It's like someone something. saying that you're not a farmer, you just cultivate their life. Or you're, you're not a hunter, you just kill the animal. Yeah, so led by their leader, Steph Curry, who to some is not a scorer. But um, they've added young talent like Gary Payton the second, um, Jonathan Kaminga. Um, Jordan Poole, Moses Moody, Andrew Wiggins is playing well, Draymond Green has stepped up. Like, their team 
is gelling and playing solid defense and that has taken them to the best record currently in the NBA sitting standing at um, 14 and 2 as we're recording this so Sarah Mike what are your thoughts of this Golden State roster do you see them being able to compete for the championship or do you think it's just an early season fluke oh um I mean, we've seen this before where teams have like had a very good start to the season and then as the season progressed, you know, further they, you know, began to, they began to be overshadowed by the bigger teams. But, I mean, the difference with Warriors is that, yes, last season they didn't have a very great season, but I mean, this season, a lot of their players have had a very, have had a very impressive outburst. Uh, an example of that person is Jordan Poole, who is like doing extremely well. Now, who's, his numbers have increased. He's dropping 30-point games, 20-point games, back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. And then they've also added solid pieces to their team. And one special thing about, I mean, a lot of analysts have said, even Shaq himself has said that, looking at it right now, currently, Golden State Warriors are like the team to beat. Um, they're the ones who like look like they are winning the NBA Finals or they are, they're winning the championship. And the reason why this works for them is that although they have Stephen Curry on their team who's like an extremely tremendous special player, Warriors basketball is not like it's not centered around star power. It's centered around the team. Even though like you know, you have this player who's like the focus of your team, who's like the best player on your team. The the the, the team focuses its basketball like people's like other people say, like they play basketball the way it's meant to be played. Whereas like they share the ball evenly and like they share the ball equally amongst each and everybody, each player on the team, and it's like everyone has an opportunity to score. There's, they play really unselfish basketball. They're not trying to, you know, be the highlight, like show that they or they are capable of the highlight plays or play that hero ball or something like they just play the game the way it's meant to be played whereas like everything is unselfish everyone is willing to share the ball everyone is willing to to get the ball to the open man who can score and it makes it really fun to watch that's why a lot of people like watching warriors play because that's what basketball is about the bas- when basketball is fun before basketball can be fun it's like everyone is enjoying the game because every person on the team just like they're having fun and that's what they are doing right now Warriors are having fun they look like they're the team to beat i think if they keep this up especially i hear since clay is coming back before christmas will make it very tough for other teams Warriors are the team to beat last season they had a very bad run because they had a lot of new players who are now trying to get used to the system and coming from a new system and all that but i mean looking at this season it looks like they kept a lot of their old players and other some new pieces who were also able to gel completely into the new system. So, I mean, it looks like the players are now able to, you know, they, they are now a solid team now. They understand themselves, their team chemistry is high. And also the, the addition of Andre Iguodala also really helped because, I mean, Andre Iguodala on the Warriors is like, let's say, Fisher on the Lakers. So, yeah, I feel like right now they're the team to beat. If they keep up this momentum, it's going to go like that until the NBA Finals, and they, they look like they are their favorites to win it. Yeah, I can see. I, I can see that. I I wouldn't mind seeing Golden State versus Brooklyn in the final if I don't get my early season prediction of the Lakers versus the Nets in the finals because I feel like Golden State are playing the best basketball in the association right now and barring injuries and if Clay comes back and he fits seamlessly like I don't really see anyone being able to beat them in a seven game series especially with the way Steve Kerr and his coaching staff can game plan and out coach most of the other coaches in this league 
it will be interesting to see. Question. What, so what stops Lakers from looking at what these people are doing and trying to implement the thing where they build team chemistry? Please, we don't so have shooters you? like that. Yeah, but we don't have the same type of players they have. And so our system obviously has to be different. But you see, that's for me, that's, that's what I find as a problem and an excuse because whether you say you don't have it or not, you're sportsmen. You should be able to develop how to play that way. Do you understand what I'm saying? Nobody wakes up and is able to play a certain way through training, through motivation, through, you know, uh, instruction and whatnot. You can develop a way of playing. You can really develop a way of playing. Serum, do you want to take this? Because their team chemistry reminds me of uh, uh, Miami Heat. Take it first, take it first. Um, Miami Heat's team chemistry. Whenever they, had, whenever they face OKC, even though they had a top three, they still had some chemistry among the other players. Why can't they use that chemistry and start playing like them? I mean, I personally feel like chemistry can change our situation. And now you talk first there. You talk first. Oh, Chairman, this one dear, like I said, I was saying, um, like, I understand what you mean, but at the same time, like, every coach has a different system and a different system they want to run. And, like, the players you have almost always dictate the system like Phil, we saw Phil Jackson uh, J- Phil Jackson like with the Bulls and the Lakers like when he was successful as a coach r- implementing the triangle but when he went to the Knicks and he tried to as an executive and he tried to hire coaches who would run the triangle we saw it fail because the players t- did not necessarily fit the system and that system like time had passed it by so it's like it's not every system that would work for like every team because the warriors have quick agile players and if you're not quick and agile you're you have high basketball iq like draymond green or you can shoot like the ball decently well or very well and very well in this like in the sense with steph curry decently well with the rest of the roster they've put around them so you can never overcompensate and try and rush them from the three-point line because if you do they have enough like inside presence for you like to kill you and another thing the warriors do very well is they know how to play very well without a big man on the floor so then it leads to draymond green being the big man on the floor and it like it messes with a lot of teams because usually your big man like ends up slowing down your offense and then like once the Warriors realize that they will pick out your they'll pick on your big man and put him in pick and roll sets with Steph Curry and it will leave lead him isolated so it will lead to you trying to play without a big man and if you try and leave your big man in there like I said they'll either try and isolate Steph on him or they will like pick up the pace of the game and your big man will not be able to keep up so it's like different systems work for different teams so like the lakers can't really implement a golden state type system because we do not have the players for it Sarah. yeah um exactly so i mean you can't just say that they are sportsmen so they should adapt their playing style to fit to like um, replicate another team's playing style i mean Everybody's playing style is unique and different, and that's how they've been playing in the league for years. Um, the reason why, you know, Kerry works so well with the Warriors is because of the ball movement, and Kerry likes to move around a lot. And Draymond, 
like I, like Nana has said, they have they've had that chemistry for years now. If you look at the roster that Lakers has right now, it's a, it's like a completely new roster, and that's what a lot of people seem to forget. It's actually a, like a completely new roster where it's like we have a lot of different elements or different players on our team, and it's gonna take a while for them to, you know adjust to the team chemistry and then start gelling but whereas roster has aside the new the draft picks and then the additions most of them are like old players who have been there last season or last two seasons looking at jordan paul looking at draymond green looking at Curry, um looking at andre Iguodala who is back i mean the chemistry has already been built over two years and they've now been able to understand each other so one thing people seem to forget is that Warriors team is actually really balanced. People see them as a shooting team, but I mean, if you try to guard them from inside, Warriors are definitely going to hurt you. I mean, if you're going to try to guard them from outside, Warriors are going to hurt you from inside because there's no way expecting them to do. People think that they they live by the threes so they die by the threes. But the thing about Warriors is that they're actually very a very balanced team, a very well balanced and oil team. That if you try to prevent them from scoring from the outside. It's not really a stress to them because of how they move the ball and how they um, attack on the inside. Because before you realize it, they're attacking on the inside because of their unselfish basketball. That is why players like Gary Payton Jr. is like thriving and worse because the, the the game is so unselfish to them. But here in Lakers, right, you have so much star-studded power in the, the team. And it's like everybody has to have a feel of the ball in their hands to be able to do their own thing. Whereas, like, whereas like, they already understand themselves, it's like, it's not selfish. So it's like, it's very unselfish. So it's like, once you get the ball, I want you, someone else to score if they can't score so I can give the ball out. But if you give the ball to someone like Russ or AD or LeBron, it's like, you know, give me the ball and clear out of the way and let me do my thing. That is how it is in the Lakers system. And that's mainly because of their playing styles, right? Right now, LeBron is too old to be moving around like Kerry. And he's too big to be moving around like Kerry. Same for AD and same for us. So it's going to take a while if you want them to implement that kind of playing style. It's going to take a while. And like Nana said, every coach has a different playing style. Every coach has like a system that they try to run. And the system that you try to run is also dependent on the players that you have. If you don't have the, that, those kind of players who are going to understand that this, if right now, let's, let's say an example, if right now Steve Kerr comes to Lakers, Steve Kerr will not be able to run the Warrior system with Lakers because we don't have the players to run that kind of system. So unless the players are willing to run that kind of system or are capable of running that kind of system, it's going to take a very like it's going to be very difficult for a coach to be able to run that system with a team so yeah so um as you all know Sarah and i are lakers fans um spew is a hop on hey, who just no, goes no, everywhere no, else. no 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 take that back thank you the lakers have been sh- have started the season they lost twice to the i don't even want to name the teams they've lost to because some of the losses have been very dumb but like Sarah, I'm coming to you first. Like, like, what do you think the problem with the Lakers is, and why do you think they're struggling this early on in the NBA season? Charlie, Lakers chemistry be zero, zero. Hey, see, uh, there's so there's so many things wrong with Lakers. The role players are not playing like role players. Um, it's really, I don't, I, bro, I don't even know, man. It's just, it's really terrible to watch. I don't know what is going on with the team. It, it, I don't want to bring the age into this, but then I feel like it's probably one of the factors because this players also have been playing the league for a very long time and have had massive experience, but I feel like they are unable to keep up with the 
talented young players because the talented young players are like the young players who are extremely talented are just you know they 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 are balling out of their minds right now and i feel like the current squad lakers have I find it a bit difficult to keep up with them, keep up with the modern style of play, everything, and especially the role players. Uh, the role players are not playing like role players. You can watch most, like, even if you look at the stats or you look at the box scores, you see how, like, the games, like, a lot of, like, more than five of our bench players all in single digits and stuff. Vogel also needs to, you know, observe how to play with these players because it looks like the, the squad has changed entirely so a lot of things have changed but then as the coach you need to be able to aid that transition and i feel like right now vogel is not doing such a good job with that because if you look at lakers style of play it's extremely iso uh because of the type of place we have westbrook westbrook is mainly an iso player even though he racks up a lot of assists and rebounds and all that, but his playing style is predominantly ISO. Same for KD, who also needs a ball in his hand to work and all those kind of things. And I, our defense, our defensive effort is just terrible. Like it's, bro, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's really disappointing to look at. I don't want to talk about as a fan here, but I feel like a lot of things are not going on so well. And yeah, Lakers need to readjust everything. Look at what they're doing, especially with Russ. I don't want to say I don't want to say this before the Russ stance come to come from my neck, but some of the issues are coming from Russ and they need to look at it before it's too late because if it's too late the agenda will catch like his fans rough. Uh, like our early season struggles, like the one player I've been proud to watch for the most part has been Melo, because Melo has like this is his greatest ever shooting season, like percentage wise. Like he's been so efficient. And it's like what um Richard Jefferson said on ESPN the other day. It's like we're wasting Mellow. Like this is the most efficient Mellow we've ever seen. And it's like we're wasting it because the guy's putting up numbers for the Lakers and the rest like the rest of the team just keeps capitulating around him. Like A D has LeBron is out. A D you're supposed to be the man taking over the mantle. Like I keep saying this. AD is not a number one option. Like we need to stop treating him like he's a number one option. He like because every time we keep trying to make him the number one option, he keeps letting us down time and time again. I honestly, we can put some of the blame down to our injury worries, but at the same time, it comes down to like Serum said, our defensive effort. Like Vogel is supposed to be a defensive coach, and you can see so, so many blown coverages on defense when it comes to the Lakers when you watch us play it like it's sometimes it becomes like it makes me sick to watch it because like we shouldn't be having this many defensive breakdowns and that cannot just only be put down to Vogel because I'm pretty sure Vogel is coaching them hard like every single day in practice but like oh it has to come down to the players and how they execute whatever defensive strategies Vogel and his coaching staff puts in place if they're not following it, then like Vogel needs to either say you're not playing and like sit some people down and start like handing out some DMPs to people until like he sees the defensive effort he expects out there on the court because um it's been anemic to watch sometimes and like Serum like you also said like let me if I push the defensive side for now like sometimes the way Westbrook has been careless with the basketball has been like hard to watch it's like he's sometimes i don't like accusing players of doing this but like at times he's playing against us not for us like 
you keep turning the ball over time and time again. I, I, I love watching Westbrook because he plays with all his heart and all his soul. And, like, you know he'll leave everything on the floor. But at the same time, some of his short selection is... It's hard to watch because, like, he, he, he takes bad shots. He turns the ball over a lot. Yes, he might get a triple-double at the end of the day. But, like, at what cost? So, our early season struggles, like, all come down to three things. Um, our star players not playing up to their star potential. Um, our defensive effort not being there. And a lack of, like, accountability on the part of the coaching staff. Like, that's what, what how I view the Lakers' early season struggle. Yeah, so that's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. Special thank you to myself, Oligana Solskjaer, for giving me this platform to speak on his useless United squad selections and teams every weekend. Um, Papa could just be for being a daft oracle, even though... Congratulations to Diane Nado for finally graduating college. Whoosh, 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 whoosh. Hey, my queen, Thank my you, queen. Thanks. My queen. Congrats, 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 Diane. There you go. Congrats. Uh, special shout-outs to our Ghana football guy, David Kofite for chasing money and chasing women all the time. And my guy Cut it out. Cut that out. And my guy Serum Kati, who is always, you can always find on a basketball court or being called a clown by Dianado. Thank you.